Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello, future doctors. It's so nice to be here again. I know medical school application cycle is back, so uh, we wanted to come back and share some tips, thoughts, and things that hopefully will be helpful for you. So today, we're going to talk about a topic I think that everybody knows about, but still, we all struggle with it, and that's taking initiative. I know Dr. Marina and I have struggled with this even throughout college, and even now, even as practicing physicians, but... Dr. Marino, what would you feel that taking initiative means to you now compared to when you were a student? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think I have just a different perspective than I did when I was a student. Once you, of course, finish medical school, finish your residency training and become what's called an attending. And even when you're a senior resident, you start to work with students and you start to kind of see the differences in their behavior, the differences in how they express interest, differences in how they complete their work, differences in how they study and learn while on a rotation. And so having that perspective of the person who is observing the students gave me a whole new take on maybe what I should have done or I could have done as a student to I don't know, just impress my attendings more. Not just that I was trying to impress them, but just be I don't know, be a better part of the team, I guess. (laughs) When I was a student, I was really shy. So I've struggled with shyness most of my life, although in certain contexts, I can play the role of someone who's not so shy, right? And Mm -hmm. with experience as a doctor, I've gotten better and better and better at not being so shy when I need to be more extroverted. (laughs) And so When I was a student, I think I was often quiet. I was often too afraid to raise my hand and ask a question. I was too afraid to raise my hand and try answering something because I was afraid I would get it wrong. Um, I was very helpful, I think, on my rotations. I would offer to help, but I was the quiet student that kind of hid in the background. And so I think looking back now, I wish I would have been a little more comfortable speaking up and just getting things wrong if that's what it took and getting things right too, right? And then also in terms of taking initiative, sometimes as a student, you're just shy because you are you don't want to overstep. You don't want to offer to do something that you're not supposed to do. You don't want to overstep your boundaries, basically. And so I was too afraid to do that, but I could have offered to do a lot more when I was on my clinical rotations. I could have been more helpful as part of the team if I wasn't so shy, if I was willing to ask, willing to offer. So looking back, I wish that I had kind of come out of my shell a little bit more and not been so afraid and done more of that asking and offering. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's really hard. It's like this fine line, right? One is, you know, you're shy or you're intimidated or whatever it might be to take initiative. But on the other hand, you have to also level it with I'm not being a brown noser too, right? Where many of you maybe have those peers or students or you'll see the ones that overly are involved that you're like, okay, you're pushing it. This is, it's, it's more so becoming like a show off, right? Yeah. Uh (laughs) So it's trying to find that middle ground where you show initiative enough. So that way 
you look better, but not where you're just trying to outdo everybody else at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty scary to take initiative, right? Especially when you're talking about being a pre-med student and so forth. But even for myself, and I think all of us at some point have been through a situation where you wish you would have spoken up or done something and for whatever reasons you didn't and then you know you just reflect back at that moment it could even be years later and you're like gosh i wish i should have said that or i wish i would have done that and you're just really kicking yourself in the butt for it Mm -hmm. Um, but i think that happens to all of us and this can happen in any you know in any part of your life it could be whether you know educationally with friends family or whatever it might be but of course today we're just going to talk about how you can benefit from taking initiative as a pre-med student. So that way we can get you into medical school and you will get into medical school. So this is why we wanted to talk about this today. So I wanted to just go over some reasons and Dr. Marina, feel free to chime in whenever you have any thoughts or anything as we're going through this. But I feel that one of the main reasons why sometimes some students don't take initiative, it's because of fear. I know that was for myself. I just, I didn't want to look dumb in front of others. Although I will say more often than not, if I would have spoken up after I would hear other people who would take initiative, I'm like, oh, I was right. I should have just said it. I should have just shared my thoughts. But of course, because of that intimidation factor, it's just really scary. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's that just fear of failing, fear of rejection, you know, or just lacking the confidence as well. I'm pretty sure you felt that when you were doing rotations as a med student as well. Yeah, yeah. and also thinking back to my pre-med days, which of course is what more of you who are listening, that's the stage that you're in. I wish I would have taken more initiative with my classes when I was struggling to ask for help, to not be afraid to go to the TA, to not be afraid to go to the professor, to not be afraid to say, hey, I know it's early in the quarter or the semester, but like, can you help me? And that's a form of taking initiative, asking for help, advocating for your own needs, advocating for help for yourself is a form of taking initiative. I also wish that maybe like in some of my classes where I thought the subject matter was really cool, maybe I could have stepped into research earlier in my undergraduate career. I worked in a lab one year. And it was just sort of this federal work study thing where I did 10 hours in the lab, like cleaning equipment and preparing auger plates and doing a couple of other lab duties. And I remember that the uh, PI, the doctor, well, she was an MD, PhD who was in charge of the lab. She introduced herself at the beginning and she said, hey, you know, if you're ever interested in research, just let me know. And I was kind of interested in research, but I was also shy and I was also afraid of taking on too much responsibility to the point that I couldn't balance my classes and those responsibilities. But honestly, if I had just taken more initiative and just told her, it's like, yes, I'm interested in doing some research in learning, but I can still only commit these 10 hours a week that I have. If I had just been straightforward, but taken that initiative... The worst that would have happened is she said, well, I don't think we can make it work within that time. But hey, like if you're interested, like maybe you can learn a little bit more or just watch what some of the grad students do or something like that. But yeah, I didn't (laughs) because I was too worried about those other things. So that's an example of taking initiative. Yeah, I agree. Like when I think back to my pre-med 
There were often classes, as I'm sure many of you feel, where I felt lost in understanding the material. And when I reflect back, it's like, I should have just gone and asked for help. Like, I should have taken that initiative of going um, into office hours or so forth. But then something else that I would also do is our university had tutoring hours, right, where you can go to a student center. And once I found out about it, I did go. But even if I went to go get tutored, if a subject was difficult for me, I would get to a point where I'm like, I'm still not understanding it inside my mind. But I was embarrassed to say, I still don't get what you're telling me. And I wish I would have been comfortable enough to be able to say, you know what, I'm still not understanding. Can you explain it to me in a different way? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That was a big problem I had as well, especially like, as I've shared with you, like when I approached physics. Okay. Uh And that comes with taking initiative as well. And again, reflecting back. So I wish I would have done it. And I think the outcome would have been different as well, as far as like how I felt about myself in pursuing pre-medical pathway. Mm -hmm. And then along those lines too, I think sometimes what can cause a student to not take initiative is sometimes just being not motivated. And you have to really think about where is this lack of motivation coming from? And you have to think about your situation to say, wait, am I depressed? Is something else going on? Am I going through anxiety? Because it's important to think and identify what's causing that behavior. Because if you don't, then it's really hard to move past it, right? Mm -hmm. So really reflecting on that part will also be important. So then that way you can start taking initiative as well. And again, along those lines, sometimes it might just be burned out, right? You're just burnt out with everything. I think this is a common feeling among a lot of pre-medical students because Uh it is hard and there is so much on the line and you're just trying to be a good student, get the grades. I need to make sure I'm volunteering. I need to make sure I'm researching. At some point, I mean, you just do feel like you're getting burnt out as well that it's better to just not act, right? And you stop taking initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know if you've seen that with some, uh, from your experience, Dr. Marina, like with students and so forth that you've worked with or even yeah. with yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I try to keep in mind that when I do work with students, whether it's pre-meds or medical students, they might have a lot on their plate. And so sometimes the things that I'm really enthusiastic about and trying to get them enthusiastic about they might find interesting, but they might not go another step and like take initiative in like showing their interest. For example, I had a med student who's about to enter her first year of medical school. She wanted a summer job before starting medical school. So she worked with me for the summer. She had taken the initiative and called a bunch of pediatric offices in the city. And just, I mean, it was a bold move to take because she knew that probably it would be hard for someone to just give her a job for three months and then goodbye, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to go through the trouble of training someone for three months and then they're just going to leave, right? And so she called me and at first I said no. (laughs) And then I thought about it again. I said, you know what? I could really use the help. Let me look at my finances, see if I can afford to pay her a stipend. And so I called her back and I said, actually, you know what? I think I have a position for you. And she ended up helping me so much. I had to train her on how to like check in patients, how to do vital science, how to do all of that. But she learned so much and she learned physical exam skills and she got to see a lot of pediatric, you know, diagnoses, got to learn about charting before starting med school. 
So that was amazing. But at one point, one of the things I do in my practice is called pediatric hypnosis or like clinical hypnosis for children. And she seemed interested. So I shared a book with her and I said, oh, this is like my favorite book. This is what introduced me to hypnosis. This is what really got me interested. And it's by this great pediatrician in California who, who has a whole clinic that does this. And I gave it to her at the beginning of the three months. And then I asked about it like a month and a half later. I said, oh, have you gotten around to like reading any of it? And she said, oh, no, I haven't. And so, it, you know, I try not to judge too harshly because I know that people have a lot going on in their lives. But an example of taking initiative in that student's shoes would be to have read at least a little bit, right? <laughs> like yeah. spend 15 minutes reading a story or reading part of a chapter. And then that way someone asks you about it later. It's like, oh yeah, there was this one story that I <laughs> remember. You can't always do that. Nobody has the bandwidth to take initiative in every single mm-hmm. aspect of their lives, right? You have to select, you have to choose what's most important to you. But then when you do choose those things that are most important to you, make sure that you are starting to get comfortable, that you're practicing getting comfortable taking initiative within those spheres. So I agree. And I think along those lines, it's avoiding the all or nothing approach, right? I think we are so set that if we're going to commit, we have to commit 150% on a task. And that's not true. Or then it's like, oh, then I don't do anything at all. So your example would have been great, right? It's not that, okay, three months, I know you have a ton of things going on. It doesn't mean you have to read the whole book, but easily you could have read, you know, a couple of chapters or whatever it might have been and been like, oh yeah, I did start reading it, blah, 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 blah. Again, getting away from that all or nothing. Because I feel like a lot of pre-med students, because we are go-getters too, we have very high expectations, this perfectionism that it's like all or nothing too as well. So I think also moving away from that is also um, important that you can do a little bit. It doesn't have to be that 150% that we give ourselves that pressure to complete. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. And then the other thing too, and I think this one is one that can get missed because people don't think about it. If you have ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD, right? If you can't really focus, you're, you're probably going to come across like you're not taking initiative, right? And there is adult onset ADHD as well that you can go through your life that you never knew you had it. And then you get to college and you're struggling. It might be just that. So it's also good to reflect on that. And if you feel like this might be you, get some help. You know, you guys have therapists and in your college campuses, you guys have doctors, you can always go and touch base with someone to see if this might be an issue. And then although this is not often what I see with students, but some students also may lack that initiative because they come from this dependent background, right, where their parents or whatever it might be, somebody always did things for them. So they didn't really train throughout their life that you have to go do it because someone else was always doing it for you. And if that is your situation, it's really reflecting to see, wait, did a lot of things get done for me? And how that's translating to yourself now as a pre-med college student as well. Because once you get into college, it really will show up, especially when you're interacting with your mentors, your professors, if it's you that's taking initiative on a particular situation. Mm-hmm. I think another factor that sometimes 
plays into it are the cultural or social messages you've gotten, whether it's related to your gender, your ethnicity, your race, you know, or another um, aspect of your identity, the messages that you've gotten about how okay it is to speak up or ask, Mm -hmm. especially requesting or speaking to people in positions of authority, right? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a sort of patriarchal culture, also in a patriarchal religion, where like women were not necessarily encouraged to speak up a whole lot, you know, Mm -hmm. they were encouraged to be the helpers in the background, you know, doing all of the service and doing everything for everyone else, but not always doing things for themselves. And when it comes to taking taking initiative, it really is a form of doing something for yourself, you're advocating for yourself, you're advocating for your own learning, for your own needs. And so it can be hard, especially if you've been conditioned culturally or based on your gender to not speak up, right? You know, it can be hard to approach a professor who is a person in a position of authority and ask, hey, do you have a position in your lab? Could I do some research? I find what you're doing interesting, right? It can be hard mm-hmm. because you haven't been con- you have been conditioned in a different way. But the more you do it, The good thing is the more you do it, the more comfortable it will be, the easier it will be. And also we have a fear of rejection, right? Mm -hmm. And so what if they say no? What if they say no? Like that is always in the back of our mind and it's okay. A no is just a no. That means that you're just right back where you started. It's not like you were thrown back 10 steps. You're just where you started. And sometimes it takes asking 10 people before you get a yes, if you go in with that expectation, then you might be really pleasantly surprised when the third person says yes, right? So we've talked about this in other episodes, but um, I always like to reiterate like the, you know, the asking for help and the getting out of your comfort zone in order to develop these skills. Exactly. You know, with the students you've worked with and when you're coaching, what would you say is probably the most common reason why, when you see one that's not taking initiative, like, what do you think is the most common reason why a student won't take initiative and specifically Uh a pre-med student? Yeah. Recently, I've been working with pre-med students who are applying to medical school through our application coaching program, which is wonderful, by the way, you should check it out. Look at our (laughs) website. Um, But one of the things that I've seen is that some students are better at taking initiative in terms of like reaching out to me, emailing me saying, Hey, I just got this um, request for secondary. Can you take a look at it? Whereas others will kind of try to do a lot on their own and then wait until they have a lot built up and then ask for help kind of at the last minute. So some of it is just style and how busy they are, but some of it is just that comfort level with reaching out and being willing to advocate for your needs. And, you know, it can be intimidating. It's like you're working with a doctor and you're a pre-med student. So some of the thoughts that might go through your mind might be, oh, I don't want to like be a burden. Oh, I don't want to like bother them too much. Oh, I don't want to like look like I need too much help. Those sorts of thoughts. But You know, there was one student actually who was like emailing me really frequently and asking for meetings really frequently. And, you know, I said after a while, it's like, you know what, you've got this. You've gotten really good at writing your essays. You really don't need me that much. (laughs) And that's fine. Like it's on me to say if it's too much. So, I mean, you don't want to be the person that's like 
knocking at the door every single minute, but also don't be the person that's never reaching out either. There were some students in the um, application coaching program last year who they're totally qualified, but because of their MCAT scores, they didn't get interviews. And one of them, even though she had a low MCAT score, she reached out to me by November, December saying, Hey, Dr. Marina, I haven't gotten any interviews. Like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Let's brainstorm. Like, if you have any ideas, please let me know. And at the last minute, I was able to guide her to apply to DO schools in addition to MD schools. And she was calling the schools, asking questions, showing her interest. Like she was really involved and really trying to do as much as she could to get into medical school this cycle. And she ended up getting into two medical schools despite despite (laughs) a sub 500 MCAT score. And so she was an example of someone who really took initiative, who was texting me or calling me every so often saying, hey, like, should I email the school? Like, do you have any more advice? Like, how can I make sure that I maximize my chances of getting in this year? Whereas there was another student who maybe one or two other students who were more shy. That's kind of like the sense that I got that they were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And by the time they hadn't gotten inter- interviews, it was already January, February, March. And then there was nothing at, by that point that could be done <laughs> to, you know, increase the chances of getting in. So, and Again, I don't like to judge, but I want you to know that there is a difference in how students approach this. And don't be afraid to be a little bit on the pushier side, (laughs) to be a little bit bit more of a self-advocate and ask, like, what can I do? Is there anything I'm not doing that I can do to get where I want to go? Right. Because that that student, I'm so proud of her. Like she really took initiative and she got in. (laughs) She was so, so happy about that. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think along the lines for those individuals who are more shy or introverted, you know, it's important that you try to take initiative because if you're working with mentors, professors who you're hoping you might get a letter of recommendation from, they're watching and they're noticing, right? And again, most of your mentors will know you're a shy person right off the bat. They'll know that. So what is key, I think, for a lot of us is to see growth, right? So if you have, or, you know, when I've worked with people who are shy initially, but then I see they're starting to come out of their comfort zone and they're growing compared to when initially I met them, like that counts because we all start from a different foundation. So again, even if, if you are shy, if you are introverted, you know, putting yourself out there, those little steps that you take to put yourself out there, it really shows up for your letters. But then also, you'll be surprised what you'll get from it, like the student that Dr. Marina spoke about, you might get an opportunity that you would have missed, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the student did, she decided, hey, I'm not the average, you know, pre-med student that's applying to medical school, but let me see what I can do to get in, (laughs) right? Uh And that's exactly what she did. And if she wouldn't have done that, she wouldn't have gone in. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure she got some rejections, but you know what? That's all right. (laughs) She Mm -hmm. still ended up getting in because she put herself out there. Mm -hmm. So really, again, check out our episode on growth mindset if you haven't already, because it also plays into taking initiative too. Okay. So I think uh, Dr. Marina have, and I have spoken about some of the tips, but I'll just review just to go over again, the key points for today. One would be, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Again, we all don't like it, 
I don't like it, <laughs> uh-huh. but it's okay to be uncomfortable and take that initiative if it's going to help you in the long run. And the more you do it, the more confidence you're going to build over time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And really moving away from feeling that it has to be perfect. It has to be 150%. It's okay to get no's. It's okay to make mistakes, but just getting comfortable in that situation. So that way there is growth. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then along those lines, too, it's you're practicing your decision-making muscles, right? (laughs) Because by putting yourself out there, you're making that decision as well, regardless of what the outcome might be. And something you can try to do if you struggle with that is maybe on your college campus, take part in a leadership role, right? Because if you are in a leadership role in an organization or even organizing an event, it's going to push you to take initiative and make decisions on your feet. And not that I'm not saying that you're not going to make mistakes, but it's just good practice to be in that position. Um, Did you have any leadership roles, Dr. Marina? Because I know you're more on the shy introverted side, you said, while you were Mm pre-med student. Did you ever do that? Um, In undergrad, not so much (laughs) because a little bit. But then in med school, I was like co-president of like LMSA and I did some other things for the American Medical Student Association on a, actually on a national level. And that was really cool. I think when I'm passionate enough about something, (laughs) then I get the motivation to step out of that introvert shell. And I think that's true for anyone. If you're motivated enough or care enough about something, you will find the courage to step out and, you know, do what you need to do to pursue an opportunity. But it can take practice and it's not always comfortable. Stepping out of that comfort zone is not comfortable. But the the more you do it, like we always say, the better you get. Yeah. Um, And then the other other point that we brought up earlier is also, you know, the asking for help. So um, being okay with taking constructive criticism and actually asking for it, right? So say if you didn't do well initially on an exam, going in during office hours and telling your professor, what does it take for me to succeed in your class? Like, how can I best be prepared? That's taking initiative as Mm -hmm. well. So that's something that you can do. And if someone gives you feedback that maybe, you know, just remember the feedback that's given to you usually (laughs) by a professor or mentor is to help you. It's not that they're trying to negatively criticize you. They're trying to give you feedback so that way you can grow and become better as well. But do ask for help as well. The other thing, too, with uh, taking initiative is also getting organized, right? Sometimes, as a pre-med especially, if I remember, there was so many things going on. So sometimes just sitting down, doing a to-do list, assigning one task, check it off if you do it. And then that can build some self-confidence within that as well, okay, as you're getting through things. And then just do it, right? Just really getting out of your comfort zone and just going out there And making the calls, just like that student that Dr. Marina said, you know, she put herself out there. I mean, she really didn't know by calling this medical school or this DO school, am I going to be, you know, getting feedback from them? It's scary. It is really scary. But you know what? If you don't do it, you might miss out on opportunities. And again, remember, there's always people watching. There's people observing to see how much you really want this and how motivated you are as well. 
And I wanted to bring something up because I did see a student, um, sometimes some pre-med students, and I think you mentioned as well, Dr. Marina, that they overdo it, you know, so being careful with that initiative where it can actually count or hurt you, right? So for example, there's some students who will take initiative, but instead of becoming like um, holding a being a president or a chair of an organization, they get over-involved. <laughs> they organize too many activities or then they say, okay, I need to add some great experience for my application. So I'm going to go and get certified to be a CPR trainer. I'm going to be an EMT. I'm going to go to get the special schooling to be this type of research tech or whatever it might be. And they're trying to do this while they're still doing their pre-med and upper division courses. And so what ends up happening? Your grades get affected, right? And so then that actually hurts you because now you're dealing with the GPA that has gone down, which is important into getting into medical school. So if you are the student as well, I would say go talk to a professor, go talk to a mentor. It's great that you want to do these things, but maybe they can work with you to tell you a timeline of how it will benefit you better. I don't know if you've seen this with some students. I just mm-hmm. recently worked with one and they were doing them like, whoa, 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 don't do that yet. Like, this yeah. is what you need to do first. Then you can do that because if not, one can hurt the other. Exactly. Yeah, I have seen that yeah. too, that um, you can try to take too much initiative and overcommit yourself. So you really want to try to avoid overcommitting. Take initiative within the few things that you actually have the time and energy for, and then say no to other things. Because in order to do well on the things that you do care most about, you have to learn to say no to other things. You can't take everything on. (laughs) You need to sleep. You need to eat. You need to study. So yeah, take initiative, but that comes with a little asterisk, not too much. Yes. And then um, I would say the final things that you really want to think about is one would be take a break. If you're struggling with burnout, it might be putting your applications aside or, you know, something aside for maybe just a day or two and doing something fun because burnout is real. And then figuring out also if there's a cause for your burnout, like for example, lack of sleep. If you don't sleep well, you will burn out because you are fatigued. Or if there's other external circumstances, you want to make sure that you're addressing those things too. And especially if you're struggling with ADHD, depression, anxiety, or a drug or alcohol issue, you want to make sure you get help. Because if you don't fix and address these things, there's no way you can do anything else. So just make sure you do reach out to get help. Anything else, Dr. Marina, that you want to share with the students today? Just what I always say, step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid. Um, That inner voice can be really strong, that inner voice of fear and of what if, or what if I get it wrong, or what if they say no. I know it because I lived with that voice for so long, and that voice is still there, but I'm able to say, hey, I hear you. You go to the corner because I'm going to do it anyway, right? <laughs> so it takes practice to do that. That voice is much quieter than it used to be, and I'm able to do much more. I mean, even this podcast, right? We were both kind of really reluctant and unsure about ourselves when we first started. We were like, oh, I don't like the sound of my voice. And like, oh, or like, now we have to do video. What? what are people going to think? Are they going to like it? Is it going to be useful? All those things. That voice is there. But courage is like hearing that voice and doing it anyway, 
right? And we're so glad that we are here, that we have created this, that we're able to help so many students. It's really gratifying. And that would not have happened if we had listened to that voice of fear and just stayed back. Yes. And then if you are listening to this podcast, you are already taking some initiative as well. So uh-huh. now let's just put some action towards it because we do really, really want you to become doctors. We need you. So I hope today helped. Uh, I hope you guys heard something that is going to make a difference in your life. Please reach out to us if there's anything else or any other questions you have, different topics that you'd like for us to discuss. We're more than happy to do it. Peace and love, everyone. Bye.